Uh, and then I have uh, our special guest uh, speaker here today, uh, Jordan Carell. Uh, brother, I, I, I started here at Lighthouse, and he was on staff. He was our associate pastor. Uh, love this man. And uh, we're going to be continuing on with our spiritual habits, our self-care. And he's going to be filling us in on discipleship and, uh, and what that's all about. So, Jordan, come on up here and let's give him a round of applause. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate that very much, sir. Good to see you again. Good to see all of you. What a blessing to uh, see a ton of uh, unfamiliar faces and a, and a few uh, familiar faces. So that's really good for us to be here today. Thank you for uh, allowing me to come back and share. I've, I've gotten to know Pastor Kevin just a little bit here and there, and I found him to be a really uh, special man of God and encouragement. Getting to know um, and reconnect with a few of you today has uh, been the blessing that we fully expected and are very, very thankful for. Um, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the spiritual discipline of, of uh, evangelism, evangelism and discipleship. As you probably know, early church leaders sort of came up with what are the things that Christians should be disciplining themselves in? What are the things that they should be doing? What are some of the things that are going to be sort of staple activities for Christians? And, uh, and so you've talked about prayer, you've talked about Bible reading, talked about uh, fellowship together as believers. You might not have talked about offering and giving because that's so uncomfortable right nobody likes to talk and I'm not talking about that today either but it is a spiritual discipline it's something that we celebrate and we work together in and what actually happens uh, they used these uh, church founders used another phrase they called a means of grace so these activities actually bring grace into our lives they bring fulfillment they bring blessing and they bring encouragement for us and so we're going to be talking about the means of grace today of evangelism and discipleship when um, the early uh, church leaders talked about these disciplines they're talking about preparing themselves or acting, taking actions that help them to receive, be blessed, be filled with the grace of God. And so it's like a discipline. It's like a, an athlete disciplining themselves in order to win the race. So uh, a, a person wanting to win a soccer match would practice the kicking and a, a person wanting to win the, um, the, the 100 meters would want to practice in, in that kind of way or how about the lifting or whatever it is they began preparing themselves to receive not second place but they want to win the crown they want to win they want to see the reward and we're going to be talking about that reward for uh, people who do evangelism and make disciples as part of your 
means of grace, of, as part of receiving God's blessing. So what you're going to want to do is follow with me through 2 Timothy chapter 2. As we look at the book, uh, we're going to look at what Paul's words were to a young man doing ministry in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And it's very interesting as we get started in this passage, we see right away there's grace mentioned and a, and a, and a, and a sort of a command to be strengthened in grace. So let's, uh, let's uh, follow along as I read from 2 Timothy 2 verses 1 through 7. What it says is, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he completes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first fruit share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. What we see from this passage in verse 1 is how Christians entrust the gospel to others. In verse 2, we see who Christians entrust the gospel to. In verses 3, 4, 5, and 6, we see what they do in order to entrust the gospel. And in verse 7, we see why. So how, who, what, and why. What is this making disciples about? Let's, let's uh, pray together and ask God to direct our attention towards clear understanding of these ideas. Father in heaven. Would you help us? As we look at these words in this text, we're thinking about evangelism. We're thinking about our self-care. We're thinking about receiving the reward that you have for us as we discipline ourselves to be faithful. What does it mean? How do we do this? What is it like? And why should we do this? Would you help us as we consider these ideas? Walk with us and guide us and strengthen us that we might leave this place faithful in trusters of the gospel to others. May we be faithful to pass on what we've received and enjoy the rewards of doing that. And we thank you for the opportunity to share and work together here today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Those early church leaders, when they thought of the idea of evangelism, they actually probably um, had a different, maybe a slightly different idea than what we have today. You know, what we have today is knock on somebody's door, you know, put a track in, shut the door and slink away or something like that. Or, you know, we, we might have an, an idea of evangelism as just being something that we, we say something to someone about the salvation of Jesus Christ. Well, there, it, we understand biblically that the idea is probably a little bit more of entrusting. 
So we see right away in verse 2 this idea of what Paul is telling us to entrust the gospel to others, to pass it on. What we have received then, we pass it on. And that's what Paul did to Timothy. Paul gave him, he entrusted to Timothy the good news of the gospel. We look back in chapter 1, verse, <clears throat> verse um, 12. Paul says, look at this, I'm supposed to guard what's been given to me, what's been entrusted to me. So Paul has received something, he's been entrusted with the gospel, now he's supposed to guard that. And in chapter 2 we see that he is entrusting that to Timothy and he's entrusting that to others also. And as we see that example, that's our calling, that's our responsibility today as well. Look what it says in verse 14. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. So we have this idea of evangelism and discipleship, helping other people follow Jesus, helping other be, people be faithful disciples. Same root word we understand of discipline, right? Preparing to win, preparing to be successful, to preparing to finish well. So here's the idea. Paul is saying, here's what you do. You guard that good deposit. Now, have you ever thought about guarding something or protecting something? Yeah, you dig a hole and you put it in a safe and you put it in the ground, right? You take all your money to the bank and you put it and you deposit it in the, in the bank. Well, another way of sort of guarding the good deposit is spreading out the love to more and more people. So, how about you take, well... I don't have $10,000 to give you, but I got 50, okay? How about you take 50? How about you take 50? And we spread this out among, and so what it is is you see this safety and not only protection and guarding, but multiplication of it. And that's what happens in the biblical idea of entrusting or guarding. Guarding what we've received is done by entrusting it to other people. We see in the book of uh, 2 Timothy all these famous verses of Scripture. Chapter 4 is very interesting where Paul is saying the way to do this is to preach. Timothy, I want you to preach the Word. Now, I've given you the Word. You've understood the Word. The Bible is the Word of God. Now, I want you to preach the Word of God to others. Look what it says here. There's coming a time when people are going to want their ears tickled. They're going to want to hear what they want to hear, and they're going to go somewhere else if you tell them the truth. Preach the word anyway. Um, is that time come, or is it just me, guys? Right? I mean, you know, you say something a little bit uh, like, okay, this is, this is the truth, uh, and we love you, we care about you, and... And off they go somewhere else, right? I don't see them again. And so what we want to do is to be faithful, to guard the good deposit, be faithful in what we've received, and pass that along carefully, entrusting that to others as, as well. So what Paul says, he goes on and says in verse 6 of chapter 4. So I'm giving you a little context here. He says... I'm, this is the end of my life. 
This is the last thing I'm going to say. And I want you to hear what I have to say. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. And now, verse 8, there's a crown laid up for me. So you see this discipline? It's paying off for the Apostle Paul. He's going to get to heaven. He says God's going to give him a crown. A crown, it says, a crown of righteousness. Not just for me, if you keep reading, for anyone who looks for the appearing of the Lord Jesus. For all of us. Are you looking for the appearing of the Lord Jesus? Well, then you get a crown. And that's what we're after. We're after disciplining ourselves in order to receive the reward that God has for us that he wants us to have. And since this is one of the last things that Paul says, this is sort of a boom. I want you to hear this. This is, I am getting your attention and I want you to think about this right now. And I want you to finish strong. And I want you to get this crown. I'm going to get it. Are you going to get it? Look what he says in chapter 4, verse uh, 5. Be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about entrusting the good news, the gospel, to others. What we've been entrusted with. Passing that on to others. When someone on their deathbed, in their dying moments, in their last words, says something to you, you, you pay attention. You, you listen to those words. You remember those ideas. You remember those concepts. You know, my dad, um, one of the last things he said to me was, he said, you know, here we are on this little plot of land not so little, but a small plot of land in southern Missouri. We're up on a big hill. We're looking at this green, lush valley, cattle, dairy cattle, beef cattle. That, that's how I grew up, and it's just precious, right? He said, God prepared a place, this place for me. And I'll never forget this conversation, right, guys? Because these are some of the last things that my dad said to me. And then he said this, but, right, He's preparing another place for me. And I think about that once in a while. I think about how he was so excited to be a faithful steward of his land that he had down in southwest Missouri, right? And I'll never forget those last comments. Paul doesn't want us to forget his last comments. Uh, my mom, my mom uh, was suffering of dementia as she passed away. And uh, I'll never forget some of the last things that happened with her. Um, we were sitting on her front porch, and she remembered who I was. She remembered who my sister was, but she just lost track of all kinds of things. And it was really hard to have that conversation, any conversation, you know. Well, what, where are we going today? What are we doing? Yeah, well, just like we said five minutes ago, Mom, you know, it was just struggle. You, you guys understand. But I'll never forget, we talked about... John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And she quoted the rest of John chapter 1. I'll never forget that, guys. It was in her heart, through dementia, through all of her stuff. She, you know, we drove one day all the way from Missouri to Iowa to celebrate Christmas. And then we drove back. That was a long car ride, guys, because mom was struggling. 
What do you do? How do, how do you do this? We put on Christmas carols. And she sang every word of every Christmas carol because she knew it. It was in her heart. It was in her. I'll never forget this. And so what Paul is calling us to do today is to not forget the last things that he's saying. Discipline yourselves, church. Discipline yourselves to be entrusted with the gospel and entrust that to others. Make disciples. Do the work of evangelists. Be faithful in this. You know, and Jesus did the same thing, didn't he? In the, at the end of his life, when he is, he's getting ready to ascend into heaven, he says, go into all the world and make disciples. And so when the early church leaders put together all these ideas of spiritual disciplines, when they put together this list of, hey, here's some Christian, this is just what Christians do. They came up with this idea of, they saw right here in these texts of scriptures, the last things that Jesus said, the last things that the Apostle Paul said, is to make disciples, entrust the gospel to others. So in verse 1, we see how to do that. It just says, it's very clear right there, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How you do it is by the grace of Christ Jesus. God's grace through Christ to us is what we receive in order to entrust the gospel to others. And the Apostle Paul had a relationship with Timothy. And so what we see here is, my son, my child. You see those words? This is an intimate fellowship and this is an ongoing thing. This is not walking up to a door, knocking on the door, throwing somebody a a, you know, a gospel track and running away. This is an ongoing relationship. How are you guys doing with that? What you've been entrusted with, you've held on to because somebody loved you and cared for you in an intimate, caring, compassionate way. And that's how it works. That's how it gets passed on to others. Evangelism and discipleship is an entrusting, a passion, a way we go about this faithfully. And what do we do? We have a, a, a relationship, a, a fellowship with one another. And look what it says here. Be strengthened by the grace. This is not pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. This is not buck up, you lazy Christians. That's not this message. This message is receive something. You've been entrusted with the gospel. Now receive the strength. Of the grace of Jesus Christ to go be faithful in this. This is more about what you get than what you give. Let that sink in. I'm not here today to slap you around, church. You are following Christ. You are seeking Him. Now what you've received, receive more. And share with others. And let others be blessed and guard their, the good deposit. I'll never forget, I was in, I was in southern uh, country in the subcontinent of South Asia. And I went to this uh, church compound. And there was this 88-year-old woman. And she had been working in this church area for all, for, since she was about 16 years old. And... Um, as we came in, we had to get special permission to go meet her, even though I was with one of her family members because she was old and weak and frail. And, 
Anyway, we got permission. We were able to sit down and talk. And what we experienced was the strength of God's grace through a fail, frail, weak body. And I'll never forget my time there with her being, seeing that strength of the grace of Christ Jesus encourage me in what I do in serving and following the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what is given to all of us. It's not us be strong. It's not us be, it's be strengthened by the grace of Christ Jesus. It's not about you picking yourself up, you being better. It's about you taking more, about receiving more, about having all that he has. It's not about us being popular or saying the right things. It's about what Christ has done. Look what it says in chapter 1, verse 9. He saved us and called us by a holy calling. You didn't do that. He did it. Look what else it says. Not because of our works. Look what it says here. It says, he gave us purpose and grace through Christ Jesus, verse 10. And now it's been manifest through his appearing. We talked about the appearing of Jesus for the reward in chapter 4. Now we see at the beginning of this book the same idea of appearing. Four times in this letter, Paul sees Timothy as um, this letter. He talks about the gospel. God's calling to live it out before the world. God's calling to receive it and pass it on to others. And ultimately we know that Jesus Christ became the weakness of man. He took my sin so that we can have the strength of God in our lives. We can be strengthened by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how we do it is not through your own self. How we do it is through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second, we see who we entrust the gospel to. It's in verse 2. What you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses in trust. Of, this is a command, you guys. This is a command. An injunction. Who will be able to teach others also. How did, how do we know if we've made a disciple? <laughs> There's four generations of people here in this passage. Paul. He's passing it on to Timothy. Timothy is passing it on to faithful men. Faithful men are passing it on to others also. You see that? So there's a, there's a generational work that's going on here. Who we do this to is to others around us. And what we see here is this idea of obeying, being faithful to the gospel. Jesus Christ lived the life... That we should have lived the life we should have lived. He died the death we should have died. And now we have the hope that we could not have because he rose again. It's not a private enterprise in the presence of many witnesses. This is not about a, a personal thing. This is about everybody. This is about a faithful understanding. People being, it's very public. Look back in chapter 1 for just a moment. So we see the context of what's going on. In verse 15, we see a couple of guys. 
Phylogis and Hermogenes, okay? What did they do? They ditched the faith. They were following along with Paul, and suddenly they took a left turn. They went the wrong direction. They are like Judas. They are leaving. They are fleeing. They are running away. Our call is to be entrusted with the gospel, with the strength that he gives us, and pass it on to others, to be faithful in that. Guard what we have. Participate what we have. We don't know um, how to be faithful. We don't know who's faithful, but our call is to be faithful and to pass it on to others And as we pass it on to others, we're given God's encouragement and his faithfulness so that we can be faithful. We participate in the gospel. We participate in the entrusting process. And we participate in giving it to others also. It's like a a tandem bicycle. We are on the back seat. <laughs> okay? Jesus is on the front seat. He steers it and he empowers it. He guides our lives where we go. But we participate, right? We are involved. We pedal. We get involved with what he's doing. We don't turn away. We don't go a different direction. But we stay with him and trust in him. We get on that seat to be faithful, to be dependent upon him. But we still have a fail-safe. We're going to mess up. Anybody here messed up? All of us. And when we do, look at chapter 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Pass this on to faithful men. You know, I'm, I, I want to be faithful. You want to be faithful. But he is faithful in us and through us by his grace. So that we can pass that on to others. So that they can be faithful. And he can be faithful in them as well. I mean, we're here today because he's faithful. Not because you're so good. <laughs> Not because I, we've all admitted this already, right? We've messed up. We keep messing up. He's faithful. Entrust to others that faithfulness of the good news of the gospel for his glory. Third, what we do to entrust the gospel is we suffer. Look at verse 3, 4, 5, and 6. Now, this is not the, <laughs> you know, this is not the prosperity gospel here, guys. <laughs> this, is, this is the reality of your life as a Christian. It's hard. It's hard. Like a f- soldier, an athlete. And a farmer, right? Suffer like a soldier. He, he's been enlisted to give this to, uh, to, to follow his commanding officer, you know? And he's not doing this for himself. 
the athlete, right? Competing according to the rules. The farmer is the hardworking farmer. And so the athlete is going to get a reward. The farmer is going to get the first fruits, going to get the first, the, the, the soldier is going to be part of the, the victory. All receiving the reward, the uh, soldier being pleasing to his commanding officer. My parents helped me with this as I think about them and think about those last days I had with them as followers of Christ. My dad had been in the military, um, so I think about these verses occasionally, you know. He, he, he taught me how he listened to his commanded officer. He didn't have a choice, <laughs> right, military people? He, he didn't have a choice. And played sports, got involved. We saw what that resulted in. You must compete according to the rules. You can't make up your own rules. And well, I'm the champion here. And um, he was a farmer. And uh, I love that. I love watching, um, you know, the, the results of hard work and seeing the, the crops grow, the cattle the cattle uh, have their calves and the calf crop be sold and sent off. The dairy, dairy um, cattle producing the milk and us selling that and providing. Participating with God in all that he was doing. God makes it grow though, right farmers? <laughs> you put it in the ground, he makes it grow. Uh, God gave the athlete his genetics to be able to compete, to be able to, to com go out there and do that. God gives the, gives the uh, strength and the victory to the soldier. And so we're participating. What are we doing? We are joining the Lord. And you know, Jesus is the one who ultimately suffered on our behalf. Yes, we will suffer briefly here on this earth. Yes, we will have pain and difficulties and problems here a little bit. Jesus suffered as if it was eternally. So that we and all of those around us we're entrusting the gospel with won't have to. Suffer a little while as a Christian, entrusting it to others, doing the hard work, following the rules, and... Um, uh, pleasing our Lord Jesus, our commanding officer. So, how, who, what, why? Why do we do this? Look at verse 7. Very interesting verse of scripture. Think on what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. You ever been commanded to think? Yeah, my dad. Think, son, <laughs> right? You're, you know, your boss. Just think, you know, use your head, right? And so God gives us a command to think, to think about what I've said. Paul is telling Timothy, Paul, and God is telling us today to think about these things. The Lord will give you understanding. I got to think about what it means to, to entrust the gospel to other people like a farmer, an athlete, a soldier. I got to think about what this means to be faithful in this process. How do I come alongside somebody with compassion and care like Paul did as to Timothy as a son? 
as, a, as, as an intimate relationship like that? How do I do that with people at work, with my fellow, my fellow uh, hobby, people I play golf with or hang out with or go to coffee with or whatever it is that we do? How do we share these things? God gave a promise of understanding as we think about it. As we look at the text of Scripture, as we consider what He said, as we look at the context of all of these things we talked about in this passage of Scripture today, and we see why we get to do this. And we see, again, chapter 2, verse 8, the following context. Remember Christ Jesus, risen from the dead. Here, here's what I want you to think about. Remember Christ Jesus, risen from the dead, offspring of David, is preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound and chained like a criminal. <laughs> now I'm thinking about Paul, right, in prison. And I get a picture of what it is to be passing and trusting the gospel to others. Making disciples, evangelizing, sharing, giving it to others. The word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may obtain salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And so what we see is this idea of thinking, of following and depending and uh, working with him and passing the gospel on to others. Many of you know that I travel in South Asia and I train pastors. So what we do is we have this opportunity to share with many guys who are, have two main qualifications in their pastor. Number one, they've been Christian the longest in their village. Number two, they know how to read. So you're the pastor, okay? You in your Sunday school class, one year, two years, three years, have more training than they do, okay? And God puts them in to be that. We show up. And we're tired because we flew on an airplane, you know, right? All that whining. I get to whine about all my troubles, right? And one day I was, I was talking to somebody, how are you doing today? Well, I'm a little tired. I'm getting ready to teach. And yeah, 36 hours, door to door, blah, 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 you know. And this guy walks up. And as I'm getting ready to start complaining, um, they introduced me to Dr. J. I'll just say his name. I won't say his name. And uh, he had just retired as a medical doctor, but he was coming to receive our training because he was going to be a pastor. And as I'm getting ready to complain, they tell me that he just rode a bus for 36 hours to be where I was. He slept on the floor of the church that night. I didn't sleep on the floor of that church. He got up, set up, at the table and wrote down everything we said. You guys, I got nothing to whine about here. These guys are anxious. And you know what they're doing? They've been entrusted with the gospel and they're just wanting to pass that on to others. They're wanting to be faithful to others around them. And I get the privilege of going to this place and these, uh, among these types of pastors. And it's such a blessing to open up the scripture and show them how to study and read the Bible, in inductive Bible study, and help them to be able to teach others also. 
In, uh, in the New Testament, we see five crowns that Christians can receive when they go to heaven. So we already talked about the crown of righteousness. There's another one called the crown of rejoicing. And the crown of rejoicing is because we evangelize, we entrust the gospel to others. It's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19, if you ever want to look it up. It's a crown of rejoicing. It's a crown of joy. It's a crown of happiness. It's a crown of glad. Anybody want that? I kind of want that. You know, I kind of, that, that'd be kind of cool now and when I get to heaven. And Paul says in, in 1 Thessalonians, he's going to get that as well. And so our opportunity in entrusting the gospel to others, making disciples, is a crown of rejoicing. So prepare yourself for that. Prepare, discipline yourself for that. You know, um, practice this idea of receiving, being entrusted, and passing that on to others as well. My favorite example of this is is my wife. About 15, 16 years ago, she gathered a bunch of ladies in her home, in our home, and in a Bible study. Neighbors, friends, people who live close by. And one lady came, and it was a couple weeks later that she received Christ as her Savior and her Lord. And We've been talking, praying, hanging out with her and her husband over all these years, but it doesn't get very far with him, <laughs> okay? Here's what's going on, is Barbara has entrusted the gospel to her, and she is entrusting the gospel to her husband day in and day out, like a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. And that's our call, faithful. Will you be a part of letting your lives discipline, be empowered, be strengthened with the Holy Spirit to pass it on for His glory and His work? You know what I do? I put in my phone, I put my parents' birthday reminder notification. I, I really don't need that, but I put it there anyway. But their, their death anniversary is there in my phone, just, just to think about them. I put their, their, their wedding anniversary at, in, in my phone. And every time it pops up, I think, Lord, help me be a soldier, faithful soldier, athlete, farmer in entrusting the gospel. What, what will you do to remind yourself, to pray, to be encouraged? What's your application to how God is going to work, help you entrust the gospel to others around you. Will you pray with me? Our Father, what an opportunity that we have. We've been entrusted with the most valuable resource. And what a joy we have to pass that on to others. May we be faithful. May we be clear. May we be dedicated. May we be uh, we, may we step into suffering. May we be clear in receiving the strength of the grace of Christ Jesus. 
as we've received the gospel faithfully. Will you help us, Lord, in all of this process? Lord, our community needs it. Our world needs it. Will you help us be faithful to entrust it to others for your glory? We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your work in our lives. And Lord, uh, thank you for letting me and, and Barbara and I be here today at Lighthouse Community Church. What a, what a joy to just reconnect a little bit, see a bunch of new faces and people we recognize. Thank you for these dear brothers and sisters. We use this church for your glory. We bless Pastor Kevin as he leads. Bless the elders and leaders, each person as they participate, Sunday school teachers, everyone. We thank you for your goodness. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.